Hello, and welcome to the CDO Magazine interview series. I am Donna Roy with Guidehouse, and we are partnering with CDO Magazines, MIT, CDO IQ, and the International Society of Chief Data Officers in a series of interviews. I am uh, delighted to uh, introduce this topic of data and leadership in data, and, uh, and my co-host, uh, Beth Puchek, who is the CDO for the U.S. Citizenship and Immigration Services. She uh, has been uh, at uh, CIS for about five years, my math uh, is right, and uh, designed the first data strategy. Um, she found her way to the federal government around 2010. Um, she spent eight years previously at uh, U.S. Citizenship, uh, I'm sorry, U.S. Customs Border Protection, um, did a little bit of time at TSA. Uh, she's a mom of two, a son and a daughter, uh, a uh, softball coach, swim taxi driver, and a soccer mom. So she stays busy. Uh, most importantly, she has been just recently awarded a Fed 100, which is um, an awesome recognition of her uh, accomplishments as the CDO. Um, and so uh, welcome, Beth. Um, every CDO has an origin story different. Everyone gets to this job in a different way. Um, can you tell us how, how you got on the path of CDO and, and about your story? Sure, absolutely. I do think it's an interesting story because I have to admit that I did not grow up in the IT world. Um, but like you mentioned, I have a background um, in engineering and specifically it's architectural engineering. So my engineer brain means that I love to understand how things work, to break them down into their component process parts, um, but to really put them back together to make them work better. And my architect brain means that I'm really thoughtful about design and really how form and function can come together to satisfy someone's needs um, while dealing with all sorts of other constraints. But really as a person, I am just someone who has a tremendous passion for helping other people solve challenges. I love puzzles um, and have figured out ways to do that throughout my career. Um, I experienced that a lot in the private sector while I was designing renovations for the National Institute of Health campus, um, for St. Elizabeth. Um, so it really wasn't too big of a leap to uh, keep solving challenges to support border security acquisition when um, I came to CBP. And when I first came to CBP, I learned uh, so much. It was just such an incredible opportunity to learn about program management, federal acquisition and IT, um, working with OMB and with Congress, and really leading uh, a very diverse team. Um, and it's also at CBP where I was exposed to the early days of the federal enterprise architecture, the FIA, um, data modeling and data informed uh, decision making. So that foundation like served me really well when I later joined uh, USCIS to help establish the OCDO. And like you mentioned, my first project was leading the development of the first CIS data strategy which truly solidified my love for data because I was able to see that it was uh, the key to fulfilling my passion, which is using technology to solve operational challenges. So I've been in love ever since. Oh, I love people who love data. <laughs> you are running a, what I, what I uh, think of as a very mature data organization, um, having been on that journey for a while. 
So if you take a step back and think about the past few years, what's been the most critical leadership trait uh, that you've used, that you've leaned on, that was foundational to your success? So I have to say, I think it's because I'm a good listener. Like I mentioned, I'm not a traditional computer scientist um, or developer. Uh, so when I first came to USCIS, um, my first inclination was not to dive into the IT infrastructure. I was also brand new to USCIS, so I had to learn the mission first um, and how the organization functioned around that mission. Um, I had to learn who's in charge and who else was going to be um, a passion person for data. And I did that by going on uh, listening tours across uh, each of the different offices in USCIS, uh, including the director's office. So I must have talked to 60 or more individuals across all facets of USCIS. And I really quickly learned how critical data was to every facet of our mission and mission support. The information and the stories that I gathered along the way were really the foundation for our data strategy. Um, and that listening tour also helped me establish relationships with uh, people who had different perspectives and different needs. So it was really just a great learning experience. And in the time since that first learning or listening tour, um, my team and I have worked really hard uh, to continue to cultivate those relationships, which have become critical um, to our future success. Um, so I guess with being a good listener, um, of course, being open-minded without an agenda has been most foundational. Um, and it, again, it goes along with, I think, just kind of my personal uh, perspective. I, I tell my two kids all the time, um, my most uh, valued trait in people is having an open mind. So being willing to listen and try new things. Oh, that's awesome. When we talked uh, recently and we've, I've been tracking your work, you talk about the value of data literacy and how that's played out in your organization. You mentioned uh, the six personas that you use. Can you mm -hmm. sort of describe those six personas? Absolutely. Um, so like I've been sort of indicating, data is part of everybody's job here at USCIS. And as the chief data officer, it's my responsibility to help everyone understand how to use data to make their jobs and their lives easier. So like every organization, our six personas are gonna be different than um, another's, but our employees you know, have unique needs. So we tried to make sure that we could address everyone's needs by um, identifying these six personas. So they are adjudicators. So those are the folks that are making the uh, decisions on immigration benefits data analysts. Those data analysts, they don't all report to me, mind you. They are in every office um, uh, across our agency because data is so important to everything that we do. We have supervisors um, of those adjudicators, of those analysts. We have mission support. We have leadership, just like everybody. And one unique one for us is we did identify the data architect as a unique persona. And while it may be a small group of individuals, um, we are so fortunate in this agency to have a really robust data, prize in, uh, data uh, enterprise data infrastructure. Um, so our data architects are really critical 
um, to teeing up um, our data for analysis. So each of those personas, as you might be able to tell, has their own background, their own job requirements, their own uh, competencies and skills. And um, in the past year, we have focused a lot of attention developing training for that large cadre of data analysts. I know everyone is so surprised when I say that number. Um, but this year, we're really focusing on everyone, the rest of those uh, personas, because it really, and we're finding that it really takes targeted outreach to understand the needs of each of those personas. Um, and we're also finding that if you really want to make your message stick, so you're not boring them to death, it takes a lot of time to get to know them and to tailor your message so that it really um, sticks with them. Because you might only have one or two you know, times with them throughout the year. So you really want to make the most of that opportunity. And it takes an investment in preparation. So if you were to start um, uh, from scratch in a large organization, uh, where would you focus across those six personas? You talked about focusing now on the data analyst, but I bet that's not where you started. Um, and so um, uh, which, which one would you pick and, and, and why? Without a doubt, it's leadership. Uh, because without leadership's buy-in, it's really hard to get buy-in from anybody else. Even if you have um, a data literate organization like I do, um, everyone comes at it from their own perspective. So to bring everyone together, you gotta start at the top. Um, without that leadership buy-in too, it's also impossible to get the resources that you need to do the job. Um, so if you don't have a leader that believes in the importance of data governance, that believes in the power of analysis, that believes in the power of what data can do for an organization, um, then it's gonna be a struggle. And I have to say, I have been truly blessed with a very uh, data-driven cadre of leadership. It does push the boundaries of what's expected. Um, and I think that is one of the absolute keys to my success in this job. Oh, that's awesome. You have been in your position uh, for a few years, um, having been one of the first components at DHS to establish a chief data officer even before the law required it. So I'm mm -hmm. sure CDOs are reaching out, in particular some of the newer ones, uh, and looking for advice. And so what are they likely to hear from you? What do you focus on helping them with? Well, I have to say that in the, the four years that I've been um, with the OCDO, um, building strong relationships with my partner CDOs is so important to me because um, I remember being in their shoes and I want to pay forward the kindness that private sector CDOs showed to me when I was first getting started um, and other uh, federal CDOs that were also in place. They were some of the, the originals. Um, so I look to them to gain some valuable advice um, that I still hear in my head today and I think is still very, uh, very true for the folks that um, I help get up to speed. Um, plus, I'm a firm believer that we're really all facing similar challenges. So if I have figured something out, then I'm definitely going to share it because um, no one needs to reinvent the wheel. I'm happy to happy to uh, give folks the keys. But uh, in terms of advice, I would say start with a strategy. Um, and I give that to everyone um, because it gives you that opportunity to go on the listening tours. It gives you the opportunity 
to focus on how data benefits the business. Um, I would also say uh, to balance your big and your small efforts, there are no shortage of activities that you could tackle in the data governance world. Um, and it's very easy to feel like you're underwater all the time. So um, in addition to these big, massive um, data governance efforts, you really also wanna start um, with some small ones too, because um, getting quick wins is the fastest way to establish credibility, to establish partnership with folks in the field that um, will ultimately also be the keys to success down the road. Plus, um, it's, it's fun. You need to have those small wins balance out those big ones because you're not gonna get to celebrate you know, for a year or two years. Awesome. Um, As a leader in the data community, we're all facing challenges. Um, as the technology evolves, solutions evolve, and more importantly, as um, leaders get more hungry uh, mm -hmm. for more as you uh, feed the leadership machine. So I'd love to sort of understand your perspective on what are the challenges that are facing the government uh, CDO community? Sure. Um, we have a lot of expectations heaped on us. Um, so that means, again, an infinite number of things that we need to do. Um, and if you don't have the resources um, to, uh, to tackle any of that work, let alone prioritize it, it's, it's gonna be a struggle. Um, and I think that a lot of my fellow CDOs may not be as fortunate as I am, um, that they don't have the leadership buy-in that I do. Um, and they may not be resourced to tackle the myriad of statutory requirements um, let alone trying to yeah. solve real challenges, the stuff that really gets you jazzed for the job. Um, so a good example of that is uh, the fact that CDOs are being asked to partner with um, CISOs, our chief information security officer partners on zero trust. And there are so many things that we can do to help with that, but it re it's resource intensive. It requires a lot of time and attention. Um, and again, if we don't um, if we don't have the resources to do that work, um, then we're not going to get it done. The um, the certainly the zero trust challenge is in in front of the federal government um, right now. The the amount of logging, the amount of sort of uh, data tagging conversations are are certainly challenges. Um, I want to sort of leave you any any last words that you have uh, for CDOs as they. Sort of embark on a 2023 and a 2024 um, tight budget environment. Um, just thank you so much for the opportunity to, to share my story and some of the things that have worked well for me. Um, again, I think it's just uh, like every job, prioritizing um, what you're going to get done because there's so many things in this space um, that you could try to tackle. Um, so figuring out what's most important to you, what's most important to your mission um, will give you the energy to keep going. And, um, you know, they always say that, uh, you know, uh, supporting the community uh, really gives you the energy. And it's so true. Um, I feel like the recognition that I do for folks is recognition for the importance of the work that we get to do. And I just love celebrating um, all the times that the team has a quick win. So 
even even when things get down, find that um, nugget of uh, of accomplishment to celebrate. Thank you, Beth, for joining me today. Please visit cdomagazine.tech for additional interviews.